Camping out in the book of Proverbs is a great way to make it all a reality. Gain more insight for today's culture at LicensedToParent.org. YMCA of North Florida would like to invite you to come out to any of its 15 locations in Jacksonville. You'll experience fun and laughter while embracing a healthy lifestyle. Be greeted by friendly and attentive staff that's willing to help you with anything from childcare to senior citizen classes. Take advantage of their amenities like group fitness classes, nutritional consultations with registered dietitians, and state-of-the-art cardio and strength training equipment. For more information, visit firstcoastymca.org. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. No, I'm not parroting words to a Christmas song. That's just the facts. Winter weather finally catching up with us in North America. And after so little so far, it's finally arrived. For some, it might seem delightful. If you play in the snow, the late arrival of winter was a welcome sight. Skiing, snowboarding, but there's also danger when winter finally appears. Heavy snow and blizzard conditions in the Midwest, the Great Plains, the Northeast, major highways closed, people told not to go out. But the same massive storm bringing down pours of rain, hail, flooding, and at least three tornadoes in the south. Now blizzard conditions in the Northwest, Canada switching into winter commute mode as El Nino is a critical factor for weeks to come. Be careful, stay safe, seek your comfort found only in the Lord. I'm Charles Morris at haventoday.org. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hello everyone and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Friday, January the 12th, I guess today is. I'm David Gray, along with my friend and SWAT brother, Craig Henderson. Uh, Doug is off today, as uh, usual, on Fridays, and Brad is out of town today. So, Greg, it's great to have you with us. We've done a few of these broadcasts, but it's been a little while. I always enjoy being invited back, David. I have a great time with you, on, and, and Friday's going to be fun today. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, how was your Christmas? This I, is my first day back since the holiday break, and... Well, I, w- I haven't seen you for a while since we've been on break, but how, um, was your, how was your Christmas? My wife and I had a great Christmas. You know, we have um, two daughters, both married and, and grandkids, and so one lives in Jacksonville and one lives in Atlanta. So we're able to stay here through Christmas Day and then the next day get up and go to Atlanta and spend a week with um, my daughter in Atlanta and oh, nice. all the grandkids. And how old are the kids now that are in Atlanta? Well, they are um, 14, um, 12, and nine. Okay. So Christmas is fun with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And oh, that's great. Yeah. So, I'm sure they look forward. I remember, and I may have said this on the year before, when I was a kid, my grandparents would sleep over on Christmas Eve. They lived about 45 minutes away. And when they would show up, they would get there early evening and come to church with us. And But when they would show up, the volume of Christmas presents under the tree went up tremendously. <laughs> my grandfather, I can still see him coming in with big green trash bags full of presents. And uh, so I'm sure your grandchildren, I'm sure they, A, love seeing you, of course, yes. and your wife, but uh, I'm sure that they uh, like the uh, anticipation of the presents as well. Well, there's no question that my wife has a natural gift for gift, 
gift for gift giving. Yes. And so she is very good at uh, knowing what to provide, what to pick, and that's uh, meaningful for each each person. So it's, it's uh, really fun. Good. And how old are your grandkids that live in town here? Uh, I have one that'll turn 13 in a couple of weeks and one that is 11. Okay. <clears throat> And so that's great that you got to see both yeah. sets yeah. Uh, around Christmas. And it, I know you probably don't get to see the ones in Atlanta, obviously, as much. So No, no. So it yeah. worked out great for that, that uh, you know, week and, a, week and a half window. We were with both of them. So it was great. Well, my grandkids are, are five and three. And so uh, they're just starting to get it. You know, they're just, they know. Although it's funny because they are just as happy helping helping everyone else open their presents as they are to open their own. Isn't it really fun to, yeah. to watch the, the thrill of just unwrapping something that's, that's, um, that's that you, to find out what's inside. That's right. At one point we do, we pick one family member or each of the adults and we do a stocking for that person. So I was opening my stocking and at one point they were, my granddaughter especially was helping me pull things out of the stocking but within about 20 seconds, the stocking was completely removed from my lap and she had moved herself four or five feet away from me <laughs> and was just sitting by herself opening the stocking. I said, hey, whose stocking is that anyway? Right. Yeah. Helping you out. <laughs> but uh, and, you know, typical with our family too, my boys and my daughter and, and my son-in-law and my daughter-in-law, just the the comments and the quips going back and forth on, on, you know, during gift opening and things. My grandson at one point, and he's young enough to where I can still tell this story, I guess. But, but my son had said to him, no more candy. At one point he had eaten a few pieces of candy from his stocking or whatever it was. And then the conversation shifts back and my son's attention shifts away. And, but all of a sudden we look over and my grandson who's five, has built a little wall of pillows around himself and he's covered up with these pillows and he's opening a piece of candy under the pillows and, and behind the pillows. <laughs> now, when we, when we, when we say that, uh, when we talk about total depravity, uh, right. <laughs> kids don't have to be taught how to disobey. They're, they're born with it's, it. It's, We're it is, all born with it. It is part of our human spirit. That's isn't it? right. Like... That's right. But anyway, my son, of course, and it felt so funny for me to now be in the role of not the father, but the grandfather who's trying not to laugh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so My son can't. is getting on him and come on, I told you, what are you doing? I you being sneaky, you know, and I'm just, and, and I got a picture when nobody was looking with my phone of my grandson, the look on his face, just priceless, just priceless. So I'll have to uh, save that for, for, posterity yeah this is great some yeah something that when he's a little older that you can show him when he's been caught that's right that's right well we had uh not that we want to become sports radio and i promise to all of you listening who know of my ties to boston and my boston fandom <laughs> haven't been I, able to tell by your accent already yeah, yeah. <laughs> i will not need the full hour to vent for therapy over bill belichick leaving the patriots um but it was quite a day or quite a 24, 48 hours where you had Pete Carroll let go in Seattle, yeah. Saban retiring, Ooh. and then Belichick leaving the Patriots. I mean, it's uh, pretty incredible. And um, I was I watched a lot of the coverage yesterday, of course, about about Belichick. I've some of my earliest memories are of watching the Patriots with my dad. They started in nineteen sixty. Uh, you know, I was born in sixty two. My dad 
saw them play in the Boston area before they had a stadium. He saw games at Fenway Park, if you can believe it, a football wow. game yeah, at Fenway yeah. Park. He saw them play at Harvard and at Boston University. And I can remember my father, you know, watching them on a black and white TV. And they would always be blacked out back then because oh, they yeah. didn't sell didn't out. Sell they out, were terrible. Yeah. And, and, um, but there was an NBC affiliate in Portland, Maine. And I grew up in a town in Massachusetts, right on Northeast Massachusetts on the ocean. And on a good day, you could kind of get the signal. Move the antenna to get the signal. From Portland, Maine over the water as the crow flies. And I can remember him fiddling with those rabbit ears. And, And when we think about, you have to be a certain age to know this. Think about the snow and static on a TV screen and you could barely see the picture. And you could maybe hear the vo- hear the audio, and he would watch the game like that. The whole game, which yeah. is which is absolutely unheard of to Today. a whole generation who have grown up right. with, you know, HD TV and flat screen TVs and cable mm-hmm. TV, and, and and I can remember fiddling, you know, in the old joke. Okay, stand right there and hold the antenna right there. <laughs> so anyway, I've been watching them for a long time, and then fast forward, you know, to. I think when somebody like that leaves, he's been there for 24 years. And my kids and I, you know, they, they grew up watching the Patriots and, and, and a lot of our interaction was around, you know, watching sports and being, and to have a team like that, that won so much, it just has so, I have so many memories, you know, with my kids. So when something like that happens, there's a, there's a sadness in the sense that it's a, you know, it's the end of an era, it's the end of a time and all of that, but it's also a reminder, right, that uh, life, our life here is short and that it goes on. And uh, not that I'm equating football with our <laughs> with our spirituality. No, but, but I did. But I it's did. part of our, our kids, our lives as a family and our relationships and things that we have in common, you know. With yeah, each other. I think I think I saw something even today that it was the last of the boomer coaches are moving on. Mm. You know, the 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 Bill Belichick's. Yeah. The, Nick Saban, right. the Pete Carrolls, right? You know, there that that was a generation of coaches that now mm-hmm. is is sort of seeing its end, and the, obviously yeah. a lot of the younger, well, the replacement, all the people that are coming in now are right. much younger. That's right. Um, That's right. Well, it'll be interesting. The Belichick thing is um, is interesting in the sense that he's not done. I think he's going to wind up somewhere else, and uh, you know, he's within fifteen games of the all time wins record by a coach in the NFL. I think Don Shula, he needs 15 wins to pass him. So it'll be interesting to see how that all yeah. plays who, out. Who and, comes uh, and picks him up. Yeah. But I will yeah. say again, I'll end it with this. I, I, I was glad to see that he and the owner, Robert Kraft did things at least by appearances the right way. Yeah. They had a press conference. They stood there together. They, they were, they, they both showed gratitude for the other. And, you know, you see so many guys, uh, going out on bad terms or, or, you know, you hate to see that after so much, uh, after so much, um, success. Yeah. So, the, anyway, the week after at the end of the regular season, it's yeah. Monday is called black Monday yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Well, they waited a few days at <laughs> yeah. least on this one. And, and I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to us who would much rather talk about Nick Saban in Alabama, but <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to get that out. But, uh, but of course, Saban and Belichick are connected as well and coach together and, kind of part of that same Bill Parcells coaching it's, tree. And it's all incredible. That. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, it really is. It, it really is. So mm. anyway, um, as Doug and Brad have been, 
talking about this week. Uh, a couple housekeeping reminders, and then maybe we'll get we'll definitely get into what Doug and Brad have been talking about this week. But SWAT Bible studies will be starting back up next week. Starting up this coming week, um, yeah. And uh, you can check our website, uh, SWATradio.com, for information on where the meetings are. Doug mentioned this week, uh, after a long run at Woody's Barbecue in Ponte yeah. Vedra, that um, meeting location is going to be switching to the Ponte Vedra YMCA. Um, and that meeting is Wednesday mornings at 6.30. That, so the Woody's meeting uh, will be switching over to the Ponte Vedra YMCA. Um, I believe that Wednesday at noon here at the Salem Still Center will continue. Center. Uh, our meeting on Thursday mornings, uh, we try to start a little bit earlier at 6.15, uh, will continue to be held at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food on Belfort Road, Belfort uh, Road. in the building that uh, right in the complex that Wounded Warrior Project yeah, is in. Yeah, see the big a, Wounded Warrior that's sign. Right, we're, for, we're the next building from it. For a point of reference, um, the Thursday night Zoom call, I think, will continue, as will the Friday morning uh, St. Augustine meeting, which I believe is at the Village Inn, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where I remember um, it being, yeah. But... Um, and uh, that'll, those will all start uh, back up next week. So I wanted to make sure you knew about the change of location there in Ponte Vedra. And as Doug has done, you know, such a thank you to Woody's Barbecue there in Ponte Vedra. Doug said, uh, you know, that meeting's been, been held for 12 years, I think, wow. at, at that location. Um, but I think the restaurant is, is actually closing. And so uh, mm. uh, Ponte Vedra Y, uh, fortunately, that space is available. And, and that's pretty close. That's within about... 10 minutes of where of where Woody's barbecue is. So, oh, great, great. And um, we will be jumping back into our study in Mark next week. Um, and next week on the radio, I know Doug wants to go back and uh, review Mark chapter one, which we'll be doing. Um, but this week, uh, as kind of an interim coming back from the holiday, Doug and Brad have been looking at Chuck Swindoll's book, uh, a very short but powerful book called Intimacy with the Almighty. And um, some of the thoughts and, and, and insights that Chuck Swindoll had, he wrote this book quite a while ago, um, probably in the late 90s. Late 1996, it was first produced, okay. yeah. Um, but thoughts on um, the fact that we are all built for and long for, whether we know it or not, right, intimacy with God, and uh, some of his thoughts and insights on how we can grow into that and move toward that. So we want to... Uh, kind of recap probably a lot of what you heard this week from uh, from Doug and Brad, but uh, maybe offer our our thoughts on it in addition to to, to Doug and Brad. So um, we, we I know we're going to come up here on a break here momentarily, but Craig, this is a a great little book. I found it very compelling, and like you said, it's it's a short read. Uh, and I, as I sat there and started, I was reading through it um, earlier this week myself, and it was just like. Um, I'm very convicting in a lot of ways mm. about, you know, how I live my life and, and just the little things that I can do that really help me spend more time and have intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. It yeah. uh, was really, really fun to walk through. Yeah. I remember reading a book a number of years ago called false intimacy and this idea that we look for intimacy, we're built for it, but yep. a lot of times we look for it, um, in, in wrong, in all the wrong and idolatrous and sinful places and we believe lies mm -hmm. the world and our enemy tells us and, and we go after intimacy 
in uh, in the wrong way. But we're going to take our first break of the afternoon. As always, give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. And we will be right back to kind of recap the week and recap the book Intimacy with the Almighty when we come back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. 91 FM, The Truth. back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson, glad that you are with us today on Friday as we're back live this week from Jacksonville uh, and um, kind of a wild weather week. Doug and Brad were talking about this a little bit. We had some crazy storms earlier in the week. Did you guys make out okay? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. I know there was a tornado that touched down somewhere in the racetrack road area, right around uh, Fruit Cove Middle School, that area, but a little bit north of me, a little bit maybe southeast of you yeah that's right and um but it was a big squall man that came through that was crazy and doug was talking about from oh. wednesday how long the storm was from toronto to florida that's how yeah that band extended. was amazing we're yeah. sitting here watching rain and it was snowing and freezing you know at the top end of it oh and, goodness and speaking of weather i think this weekend the dreaded uh, polar vortex <laughs> is coming back sounds like a horror movie the polar vortex <laughs> Um, but that's, and, uh, we are talking about football. There's going to be some cold oh, football games this weekend. They're saying 25 below with the wind chill in Kansas city. That's what I was going to say. Night. I saw Kansas city and it was just temperatures never were above six below yeah. just the, just the standing temperature. Yep. Yep. And, uh, having grown up in the Northeast, I experienced some of that weather at times, but I kind of have forgotten or I've, you know, blocked it out intentionally. 
But man, that is cold. That is cold. So anyway, we mentioned before the break that uh, we're kind of wrapping up this week uh, in our look at a book written by Chuck Swindoll. Uh, Chuck Swindoll, as Doug mentioned, has pastored in in the uh, Dallas area, I believe. Uh, Chuck Swindoll's a guy that I forget the name of his, what's the name of his radio ministry? Um, I listened to, I've listened to Chuck Swindoll. I remember when I had a long commute in the Boston area, I would listen to Chuck Swindoll on the radio and um, we'll, we'll find the name of his radio ministry, but he's also been president of Dallas Theological Seminary and just a faithful uh, pastor and teacher, uh, faithful to the scriptures, faithful to teach the whole counsel of God as presented in the scriptures and, and somebody that I've really benefited from listening to over the years. And, and he wrote this book um, called Intimacy with the Almighty. And and just to kind of set the, the stage of it, he before he gets into kind of his four main points and how we can disciplines where how uh, that we can instill in our lives to to grow closer to God, he talks about the fact that Paul's goal, right, and our goal would be to what what's recorded in, in Philippians three ten by Paul, which Paul is writing uh, to the Philippians, and he writes in verse 10, that I may know him, Jesus, and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death. And so Swindoll kind of starts off with that our determined purpose, he refers to it as, um, our goal is to know Jesus and know him crucified and to become like him. And that we would, of course, grow and progress in that knowledge of Jesus. It, it doesn't happen overnight. We know that the Christian life no. is a is a journey, but that we would progressively um, come to know and be intimate with and and have a growing relationship um, with Jesus. Um, and then, if that is the goal, then the book goes on to talk about. Um, how do we achieve that? Or what are some of the disciplines and, and uh, ways that we can achieve that? And I thought that reminder at the beginning of the book that, that this should be our goal was important to start with. Yeah, and I think, you know, it talks about, uh, the Bible talks about God's ways are not our ways. And, and early in, in, this, in this book, he writes, God's ways are not discovered through the normal humanistic methods of research. Mm. You know, it's not, not a mental exercise or anything. And it says, he reserves... This is God. He reserves th- these things for those whose hearts are completely his. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a friendship relationship yeah. and the things you'll share with a friend. Right. That, that once you really get to know them deeply for those who take the time to wait upon, wait before him only in that way. Can there be intimacy with the almighty? Mm. Yeah. One thing I was reminded of in what you're saying, what Swindoll wrote and in that kind of opening little chapter is that God wants to be pursued. Yeah. Yeah. God God wants us to delve into him <laughs> and to his word and to actively pursue him and learn about him. Think about how many times have you ever thought in your marriage, and I'll say I know I have thought this many times, and I'm sure my wife's thought it many more times than I have, shouldn't shouldn't she know that about me after 30 years or whatever it's been or how many times has kelly thought of me isn't he paying attention yeah shouldn't he know that about me 
after all these years? That's almost like, I mean, that's almost one of the characteristics that we as humans have gained, have, in, in, I guess, received from God is that desire to be, con, desire to be pursued, Yeah, you know, in, in relationships. And that's really what God is calling for us to that's do right. with him. That's right. You know? and, yeah. He doesn't want us. He didn't make us as robots. He didn't make us as having to blindly follow. We, we, we do have, even as, well, of course, as his children, we are the ones with the true freedom. We've been saved from sin. We have the knowledge of righteousness and evil. We know, we, we, we have the option to obey or to sin versus somebody, and we do sometimes still sin, of course, versus somebody who doesn't belong to him or hasn't confessed Jesus. Then in his sight, they're just sinful. They have no ability really to choose righteousness because their sin hasn't been taken away and they haven't been forgiven. So, but as his children, he, he wants us to progressively seek after him and choose him and, and spend time with him, right? You, we want our spouses to, to, to want to be with us. We want them to spend time with us. Doesn't it make sense that the God who created us would want that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of a way, way in marriages are, you know, if you're, if you don't spend time with your spouse, there comes a day when you look at each other and like, I don't really know that person anymore, you know, and God, God really does want us to be intimate with him in a way that really enables him to be more intimate with us. Yeah. And, and and that, and that's when Dahl points out that as we do that, that's when God reveals himself to us, right? That it, that there is something required on our part. Yeah. It's our being saved and our forgiveness and our election. All of that is all of God right? We don't have really a part in that. God does that. But once we belong to him, once that's occurred, we do have a part in, and Swindoll's very clear about that, Mm -hmm. that these things we're going to get into, these disciplines, we have to do them. We have to instill them and they're not just going to happen. And they're not natural to us. No, no, not, not, that's not, it's interesting the battle between our culture and our relationship with God Mm. in so many different ways here with this. And, and, you know, as, and I think I was commenting, we were on the break about how surprising it was to me is how, how valuable these principles are. And yet they were written long before there was smartphones, social media, yep. barely the internet had been introduced right. to us, That's right. which is, you know, I think one of our huge distractions now. Absolutely. And, and yet these principles are really timeless. They are absolutely. And I- eternal. One of the things uh, Swindoll wrote in this that was really, you mentioned being convicted by this book. I was really convicted by this, that that when he writes about Paul's purpose, as noted in Philippians 3.10, to, to know Jesus to, and to progressively know him, um, he goes on to write in this in this book that we are to be intimately acquainted with Jesus. And he writes, no, and, and, and as our primary and determined purpose, then he writes, not intimately equated with theology, as important as theology may be, not intimately acquainted with the church, as valuable as the church may be, not with sharing Christ with others, as stimulating and significant as evangelism may be, no, none of the above, with Christ, with him, and him alone. Right. And then all of those other things, I think the implication is, will flow out of that. Right. Right? But so many times I've been guilty of yeah, wanting to know the 
know the theology or doctrine here or there, or really dig into that or, or get involved in activities in the church or whatever it is. To, and that's part of, I think, what Jesus writes about in the letter to forget which church. I'm going to get it wrong in yeah. Revelation, but you've lost your first love. That's right. Right? This idea that we're so busy with we get activities, up, right. but we've lost our love for him. That's what I was thinking. We, we get caught up in busyness. We get caught up in feeling good because we've done this task or that task. And I'm that's one of the things I'm very guilty of. Mm-hmm. I'm told, you know, I have yeah, a, I was gonna say created that. a to-do list. <laughs> I created a to-do list and boy, I feel really good at the end of the day when I've got checked yeah. off all the things I have on yep. the list yep. and I find my, I find that becoming my master. Yeah. Well, believe me, I'm right there and, with and it's, you. It's, just, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I gotta, yeah. you know, and, and so to, to really focus on and what he talks about these four, these four desires and principles mm-hmm. that, um, they're not to-do list. Things. Yeah, right. Right. And, and I'm glad you said that about, feeling like, you know, the checklist is your master or, or, you know, and, and I think that, I, th- I think that that's part of our culture, right? That, oh yeah. And, and even part of church culture that you and I have been brought yeah. up in a culture of you, you do these things of doing, be a doer, get things done. Um, and again, we're not diminishing the Bible talks about being a doer, not just a hearer. We right. are to do good works. But the good works flow out of that relationship, not the other way around. We don't, we don't develop the relationship by doing all these works. We do the works out of the relationship. Right. And and I have had that backwards for a lot of my life. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm I am I'm very much a task focused person, and and the relationships tend to tend to become secondary. Yeah. And and Swindoll writes that something along those lines in the book. He talks about. God, God did not intend for us or create us to be stressed out, overly busy, uh, fretful, stre- you know, anxious people because we think we're doing things for him or in his name. Right. You know, the first thing is get to know him and be acquainted with him, intimately involved with him, and then these other things will, will flow out of that. So we're going to take a look when we come back. That's some of the ways that that Swindoll has written that we can accomplish that. Some of the things that we can install in our lives and that Doug and Brad have been talking about this week. And uh, we hope you'll come back. And if you have any thoughts on that, please give us a call at 844-777-7928. We're going to be back after the break for the news on SWAT Radio. Backed by several allies, the U.S. carried out military strikes against Houthi rebels. That's because of their repeated attacks against international vessels in the Red Sea. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton has that report. In a White House statement after the U.S. and Britain struck dozens of Houthi targets in Yemen, the president said he will not tolerate the militant group's ceaseless attacks. Mr. Biden said the attacks endangered U.S. personnel and civilian mariners and jeopardized trade. The president went on to say, quote, I will not hesitate to direct further measures. A high-ranking Houthi official vowed there would be retaliation. Greg Clugston, Washington. Also at SRNews.com, U.S. prosecutors will seek the death penalty 
against a white supremacist gunman who killed 10 black people inside a supermarket in Buffalo, New York. The decision announced today in a court filing, Peyton Gendron is already serving a life sentence with no chance of parole. That's after he pleaded guilty to state charges of murder and domestic terrorism in the 2022 massacre. New York does not have capital punishment, but the Justice Department had the option of seeking the death penalty in a separate federal hate crimes case. President Biden's son appearing in federal court in Los Angeles yesterday. Hunter Biden told the judge he was not guilty on nine counts of tax offenses. If convicted of all the charges, Biden could face 17 years in prison. Correspondent Jackie Quinn says the judge set a tentative trial date for June 20th. U.S. wholesale inflation fell for the third straight month in December, declining one-tenth percent from November to December. The Dow is down 113 points, but the NASDAQ is up 10 points now. This is SRN News. I grew up knowing my dad loved me, but I never heard him say it, and it left a big hole in my heart. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Words have a powerful impact on people. Your verbal affirmation can give your family confidence, security, and a sense of warmth they can't get anywhere else. We've always been told that actions speak louder than words, but that's not always true. Sometimes saying, I love you, can speak to the heart of your child louder than any gift or action could. So play an active role in your teen's security and confidence. Go tell your teen and the rest of your family that you love them. Dad, Mom, say the three words to your teen. I love you. Want to hear Mark in person? For a list of upcoming events, go to ParentingTodaysTeens.org. That's ParentingTodaysTeens.org. There's major delays in St. John's County because of a crash on I-95 northbound near State Road 16. That's closed all the northbound lanes. Also, there's an accident on the West Beltway, 295 southbound at Blanding Boulevard. And there's some roadway debris on the West Beltway, 295 southbound at U.S. 17 Roosevelt Boulevard. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 54. Saturday, mostly cloudy again, high 58. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Sky traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson. Glad that you are with us here as we wrap up the week. Uh, in the studio here in Jacksonville. Glad to be back on live with you this week. I know Doug and Brad were very happy to be back. And uh, um, speaking of that, by the way, after being back for a week, Monday is a holiday. It's Martin Luther King Day. Uh, We will be playing a, Doug will be playing a best of SWAT radio uh, on Monday. And his guest will be, I have that right here. Um, He will have on a guest replay of Pastor Andrew Davis. And the topic will be memorizing scripture. Andrew Davis is a gentleman who has memorized, according to Doug, and I remember him talking about this, 43 books of the Bible. 43 books wow. of the Bible wow. he's memorized. 
So uh, that would be an interesting, a very interesting, and I'm sure helpful uh, interview to listen to. But anyway, and then uh, Doug and I will be here next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I think uh, Doug will be back on on Thursday with a guest, and I think Brad uh, is back next Friday. So um, anyway, Craig, as I said, really glad to have you in this uh, today and good to be back on live this week. So we've been talking about Chuck Swindoll's book, Intimacy with the Almighty, uh, this week, and we just kind of talked about um, the beginning part of the book where where Swindoll talks about the reason uh, for um, these things now, these uh, these disciplines that we're going to talk about that we can implement in our life. And the reason for them ultimately is to to know Jesus more intimately, to know God in a growing and intimate way, um, and that there's nothing more important or more worthwhile than knowing Christ and knowing him intimately. Um, in, in, you know, we talked about a couple of verses there in that last segment, um, you know, in, in Philippians also, Philippians 3.10 is where Paul writes about that he wants to know Jesus and know him intimately. And then later in verses 7 and 8, um, he actually says, actually, it's before that, it's before verse 10 and 7 and 8, he actually says, um, but whatever uh, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. So that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so all what, surpassing what Swindoll is, is uh, writing about here are these four um, decisions that we make and then four disciplines that we uh, do our best to install in our lives. And I'll, I'm just going to uh, read what they are and then we'll go, go through them uh, individually. But the first one is to reorder our private world. We must learn to exercise the discipline of simplicity. The second one is to be still. We must install the discipline of silence, and we must value the discipline of silence. Uh, thirdly, to cultivate serenity, it is imperative that we guard the discipline of solitude. And then finally, to trust God completely requires the discipline of surrender. And uh, so the first one there, uh, Craig, that, that is, is kind of on his list is, is um, simplicity. And all of these things are tough, aren't they, in our culture and in our world? Yeah, and I think we were talking, maybe it was during the break, David, that, that these really are, the order of these is very important. You right. know, that if, if we don't start with simplicity and, and I, I, you know, it's, it's not like decluttering your life as in get rid of all the clutter, but it's really all the noise that, that I think for me personally, that, that what am I feeding myself with? You know, like social media and news channels. And I mean, you know, I've got friends that the TV's on all the time, you know, mm. when, when they're, when they're not at work or whatever. And, and so there's, there's always something coming in to provide some distractions yep. and, and how we deal with that or how we unclutter that is really a challenge. Yep. One of the things that Swindoll writes is um, if you are serious about becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Jesus, 
you will find these four decisions and disciplines to be strategic parts of the process. And I like that Mm -hmm. because it's a reminder that there's an intentionality about this that has to happen on our part. We were talking about that a little before the break, but that we have to be intentional in our decisions about implementing these things. Because again, in, in our natural selves, what, what do I want to do in the morning in my natural self? And now, now this is changing as God is changing me, but in my natural self, apart from God changing me, what I want to do is I want to get up and I want to get a cup of coffee and I want to put sports center on yeah, or I want to sit down at my computer and I want to read, you know, about what's going on. Like I said earlier with sure. the Patriots or, or I want to play Wordle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I want to do sure. and, and, and What's the latest news. Exactly. Right. Exactly. What's the weather going to be like today? Right. right. And, and, and so this, this idea of simplicity, you know, uh, Swindoll references Ecclesiastes 729, which essentially says God made us fairly plain and simple, but we have made ourselves very complicated. And, um, you know, he talks about the fact that enough is never enough. Uh, he talks about this idea. And again, in our culture, the idea of competing, acquiring, winning, and he, and he goes into that in, in some depth, but talks about the pace of pursuing those things leaves oh, yeah. us, and, he, and we talked about this earlier, leaves us strained, fretful. I don't hear that word very often anymore, but that's a good word, fretful and breathless, right? And, um, you know, our lives were not meant to be like that. No. Right? Um, but But think about... You know, we all, especially having worked in business and in careers for a lot of years, I'm sure you've heard the term and been very acquainted with the term, the tyranny of the urgent. Oh yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, and, and we, we, we all want to, we all want the new, new, the shiny new toy, whatever it is. That's right. The newest smartphone. That's you know, right. Every time they put set a new form, like every one of them still makes a phone call, right? <laughs> but Boy, you know, the new one comes out Yep. and everybody wants to trade up. Yep. That's right. I had to get a new phone. They've become such an important part of life because because of, you know, I work from home. I need the, the apps that are on the phone to, to get into my network for work. And I, you know, we have, you know, really it's a, it's a, we're walking around with a computer that, that happens to make phone calls. Right. And and they and like Doug mentioned, they there are some there's some value to it. I mean, it's great to have the GPS for directions. Think about you and I again are of that age where when was the last time you pulled over and asked someone for direct a map quest or a map? Yes. Or 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 you're on the phone with somebody and they tell you how to get there and you're writing down the directions, but you're driving and you're trying to read directions or Oh yeah. And I remember I'm sure you did it. I did. I've done it in my life, but I remember my dad my mother would say, pull over and ask this person for direction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he wouldn't want to do it, but, but so there are obviously some good things about it, but Brad and Doug were talking about this. Think about walk through an airport, walk through any, a mall, uh, go work out. Everybody has got plugs in their ears and they're on their phone. Right. It's, it's right. And what happens is then you, you're the community, the, the solitude, the me alone, 
doesn't encourage, you know, our, our deeper relationships with other Christians and with, with the world and with Christ. Uh, my kids make fun of me. I love watching the shows on, on TV that are, um, Alaska shows. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. uh, Oh gosh. You know, Alaska, the last frontier or life below zero, whatever it is. And I could never do it. I'd probably be dead in a week, but the simplicity and the, and the solitude and the lack of clutter mm-hmm. in those lifestyles, there's something very, very appealing about that. And yeah. anyway. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Swindoll writes about simplifying our lives. He says, if we don't, otherwise we will find ourselves unable to be at rest within, unable to enter the deep, silent recesses of our hearts where God's best messages are communicated. And if we live very long in that condition, our hearts grow cold toward Christ and we become objects of seduction in a wayward world. What perils await us in that condition? Boy, isn't that true? Which it is true, and it is it is the world that, you know, it's, I, I've heard it used the term that we are all being discipled by the world all the time. Yep. 24-7. That's where, you know, all the stuff we do is really, they're tr- it's discipling us towards those values. And it has to be, like you said earlier, this is intentionality in being able to create simplicity in our lives. Yep. And, and it's it's not easy. He talks about envy also being the other enemy of simplifying that that when we are caught up in that culture of acquiring and competing and winning, we can easily become envious of others who appear to have more than what we have. Right. And, um, and, and, and that being in that state can really be a trap for being led astray, right? Yeah. We can make decisions not based on the truth of God's word, but, but what we lust after with our eyes and with our flesh. So um, a lot of things working against simplifying our lives. But we are flying through the hour as usual. We're coming up on our last break here on SWAT Radio. Uh, Our number is 844-777-7928. If you want to give us a call in the last segment, we'll try to hit on these other three areas uh, that, that Chuck Swindoll brings up. And we're glad you're with us and hope you'll come back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, serving Kings Bay at 91.3. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. 
David Gray and Craig Henderson, glad you're with us here as we wrap up the week on SWAT Radio. We've been talking about these disciplines uh, that Chuck Swindoll has shared um, uh, that we uh, can install in our lives in order to grow in our intimacy with Christ. And we just talked about uh, the discipline of, of simplifying our lives and not being so caught up in what the culture and the world system wants us to do. And the next one, and Craig and I were talking about this during the break, is uh is this discipline of solitude or actually of of silence I guess um or is the discipline sorry I have it's, it wrong it's silence to be yeah. still and the discipline of silence right and and Craig you were sharing an interesting story with me during the break why don't you go ahead and, and yeah, mention that was, I thought that was really cool it was uh we my wife and I were on vacation with a friend up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and we were and there's a, it was a, a situation where there's no ambient light or sound anywhere and we were. It's probably the second day we're up there, and, he, and a friend of mine was like, so what do you hear? And I said, well, there's nothing. He says, well, are, are your ears still buzzing? And I said, well, actually, they are. He says, you know, that the auditory nerves are so stimulated all the time in, in our current culture, wherever we live, cars, everything, that it takes about three days for them to actually s- quiet down to where you don't have that ringing or buzzing in your ears mm-hmm. all the time. Isn't that crazy? I was, it was a real shock for yeah. me and an awakening. Yeah. And and we were saying during the break, and I admit this about myself, there's, there's something because of the culture and the world we live in, there's something that's almost unsettling about complete silence. Yeah. yeah. I, and I admit, I, I was telling you before we came on the air, uh, my wife's away this week uh, with her mom and her stepmom. And, and I, this has happened many times in our marriage that she's been gone, but it's, I have a hard time and I'm, you know, we're empty nesters and, and, and when I'm home alone, even like I sleep better if the TV's on or if there's a little noise, like there's or, something going yeah, on, yeah. there's something going on. And, and I, ha- and I admit I have a, I have a hard time with it, but Swindoll writes in the book, he's more convinced than ever that there is no way you and I can move toward a deeper intimate relationship with our God without protracted times of stillness which includes one of the rarest of all experiences, absolute silence. And it yeah. really is rare, isn't it? Later in that same section, he says that about silence. It sharpens the keen edge of our souls, sensitizing us to those ever so slight nudgings from our heavenly father. Mm. How can we, how can we hear from God and how can we, um, to the point that he makes the nudgings from him. How can yeah. we recognize those if our minds are just and our ears and our lives are full of sound right from right. the world? Exactly. Right. right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, we all know Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. And, um, Doug read this from Wednesday, the different translations, you know, cease striving and know that I'm God stand silent. Know that I am God. Let be and be still and know and recognize and understand that I am God. Give in, he cries. Admit that I am God. I like some of those those different ideas. Yeah. And a ministry that you and I are very much involved with and very much appreciative of over the years um, has that as one of the central parts of one of the days that, that you're there. And um, 
you know, this idea of what does it really mean? And it's a command. Yes. It's not a suggestion. It's not just something that's nice once in a while. It's a command. Yeah, that's not you should. That's it right. is be still. That's right. And and there is, it, as part of that ministry that we're talking about, there is a practicing of a night of silence and a time of silence. And it is very difficult. It's and surprisingly it's, hard. It's, yeah, it is. It is. But, but I think the more we do it, the more used to it we get. And the more we recognize the benefit of it. Yeah. I think all of this is, is almost like it is, it is like training. And I think we, I think Doug's talked about this at various times is that we, it's, it really is training ourselves to act differently than the world is trying to teach us to act. Yeah. And, and in, and it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. Yep. You know, it's, what is it? That a habit's not formed right. once it's like what, right. 30 or 40 recurrences in a row or something. And then you really, then the habit it becomes a habit. Um, in our lives and stuff. Um, Yep. And, and, you know, I think we can, I think when we think about stillness and silence, you know, we, we tend to think of, okay, I'm going to go sit in the woods for a day or I'm going to go to the beach all day or whatever it is. And and, and there's nothing wrong. I think those are good, good ideas, but I think we can also get times of silence and solitude, even in our own homes. Right. And that's, I think that's the benefit. And I don't want to be legalistic about this, but I think that's one of the benefits of being with God early in the morning, right. When it is quiet and before the day gets going Yeah, and, um, and just being able to have that stillness of that, you know, because the earth itself does quiet down and the house is quiet in those hours, like just in the time right at dawn or just before dawn. I, I, I found that anyway, I'm not saying I'm always uh, consistent with that, but I like it when I'm, when I find that time. Yeah. I think for me, I honestly, I find my days are, I'm my response to what happens in my day is always better. If I have started the day, um, in, in devotion and stillness and some quiet time with God. And there's now candidly, there's some mornings when, you know, I get started and I get, uh, I get halfway through something, I get distracted yeah. by sure. whatever it is, you know, so I'm not far yep. from perfect. This yep. is not, nope. but I mean, but it, but if I, if I start the day and, and give it to God and really spend time, uh, intentional and it, 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 it's not, it doesn't happen automatically. I've got to really, I got to be purposeful Absol- with it, but that it does change my attitude yep. going through the day. I've, I've said before. Um, am I capable even as, and Doug talks about this, right? Even as a follower of Jesus on any given day at any given moment to foul up. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can, can I still foul up even if I've spent t- good time in the morning with the Lord? Absolutely. But are my chances of making it through the day with less foul ups better <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I've been with them? Of course, <laughs> of course. And so, and, and that kind of leads into our next um, our, our next discipline, which is cultivating serenity. And I and and Doug's listening. I'm I'm rest, I'm restraining myself from going off on serenity now from Frank Costanza on Seinfeld. <laughs> but cultivating serenity and 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 solitude. Solitude is the discipline yeah. to kind of cultivate serenity. And I, I kind of think this what goes along with what we were just talking about. Swindoll writes. Solitude has been called the furnace of transformation. Oh, yeah. um, think about Moses out in the out in the wilderness alone with God. Think about Jesus forty days in the wilderness with God. 
he wasn't weakened by that. He was strengthened. We all think about, you know, that when the devil came to tempt him, I've, I've actually heard the teaching, oh, well, he was so weak because he hadn't eaten and he hasn't had, hadn't had anything to drink. No, he was at his strongest because he had been with God for 40 days. He had been with the Father being strengthened. But um, solitude has been called the furnace of transformation. And then he writes, I don't have in mind mere personal privacy for a 12-second pit stop where we get a quick fix to reenter the race. It is more than that. And he goes on. And, and that reminded me, you know, how, how often have you and I heard, and I, and I want to be careful here. I don't want to denigrate this because sometimes this is all the time people have. But you and I have heard plenty of times, just do a five-minute devotion. And maybe that's good for somebody just starting right. out. But do a five-minute devotion. But a five-minute devotion is not going to cause you to grow. Right. And yeah, you <laughs> and get, grow, you, and well, grow you, closer to you God. You have the stopwatch running, right? Yeah. I hit my five minutes. Okay. I can go on to do whatever else is going on. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. But, uh, but the, and again, I'm not being legalistic about this or saying you have to have a set amount of time, but do you get to know another person by spending five minutes with them? No, you get well, to know them by conversing with them. It goes to that intimacy thing, right? If you're with somebody and you're in an intimate conversation, you don't want to get to, you get to five minutes and like, Oh, well, thanks for the intimacy, intimacy time. Let me go on to what else I'm going to do for the rest of the day. That's no, right. you want it to carry on. That's right. Um, that's right. And it's in solitude. I, we're coming up against it here. I, that's why I won't read a lot of this, but it's in solitude that self-examination takes place. And, and the Bible talks so much about the importance of examining ourselves. Paul talks about it in reference to, to communion, especially, Jesus talks about it, um, but this idea that, again, we're not comfortable naturally with solitude and silence because, and, and, and a lot of times we don't want to face all those terrible things about us, but when we work through those and as God teaches us in those moments, we come out on the other end closer to him. He yeah. knows anyway. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, right. It's not like we're hiding <laughs> anything from him, right? I, I loved, I think Doug read part of, the, he read probably the whole Henry Nowen. The Henry Nowen, yeah. Yeah, but the, 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 in solitude, I get rid of my scaffolding, mm. which I thought was just a great analogy. Yep. All the stuff around me that I'm that holds me up. Yep. And then he goes into more details. But it's um it's a great thought that you, that we we sort of, be, we open ourselves up in yep. solitude. Yep. And that, and that, it is a struggle to do that and that thoughts and temptations and ugly oh, things gosh. will come into our hearts and into our minds, but we don't. And I think that's part of the way the devil accuses us. Mm -hmm. See, look at what you're thinking about. You're supposed to be alone with God and look at what you're thinking about and look at. That's the, you're not really worthy. Exactly. And the truth is we're not, of course, right. but Jesus has made us that way. So um, I, I also like the part that he wrote about, um, about keeping a journal. I've, I admit I've not been a huge journal keeper in my life. I've written a lot of notes in my Bible, but I haven't been, a, and I take a lot of notes when I'm teaching or whatever it is, but I haven't been a, a big journal keeper, but I think I need to reconsider that. Well, I like the way it's not a daily, it's not a daily thing. It's a, it's a trend. I loved how he put that, that it really is a, um, it's like a ledger or a historical kind of, that you can yeah. look back over the years. That's right. And, and see the points where there were significant moments. Yeah, yeah. I think about like when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River and they set up the pile of stones as a monument to remember, you know, what God did for them there that day when God piled up the water. So they oh, yeah. Cross. There's all kinds of things in Scripture like that that are 
remember what I've done for you in the past, right? So that you can have confidence in me and trust in me going forward. And I think that's a, that's part of what he's getting at with the journal, what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, he said, our journal entries give us rallying points. Mm. You know, historical dated markers that, specific, that specify God's dealings deep within our souls, mm. as well as his working on our behalf. Yeah. It's just really great to think about.